0: Welcome to the Friendly Mums Club podcast with Jen and Carly. We're the new mum friends you didn't know you needed. We are creating a safe space to bring mums together, lighten the heaviness,
1: and find joy in the everyday moments. Together, we will share our own experiences of being new mums while navigating
0: the topics we wish more people talked about. Join us every Monday to hear us skip the small talk and dive right into the uncomfortable. Good morning, happy mum day! Happy mum day, Jen. Welcome back to the potty. It's like yeah, party, but it's a pod. I'm excited to be back. <laughs> oh, I didn't say if it yeah. was a beautiful or not so beautiful day, but obviously, it's a beautiful day because we're back together.
1: That is true, Virtually, beautiful in spirit, because in person it's pouring rain and it's really not mm-hmm. lovely outside.
0: Yeah, it's not. But so pretty, we have but had a
1: nice week, which was very nice.
0: The way we determine whether it's a beautiful day is so much more of what is going on in our in our weeks, in our lives, and I think we both yeah. have positive updates right now so yeah i don't we know if you want to wanna...
1: get together yesterday
0: yeah a little baby ball and it's
1: always nice yeah when we huh. hang out with all the we say babies like a baby party baby get together but they're all toddlers now
0: they're toddlers so it's... i know i don't want to admit but it, it always though. makes
1: my heart very happy when i get to see all the mums and babies together and like you just see all the changes in them and now that we've seen everyone since
0: mm-hmm.
1: being babies like fairly young to a year close getting close to a year and a half now is just it's so cool to see all the changes like all the relationships that have developed between all the moms
0: like it's just it's fun I like it definitely I think what has changed yeah. the most between all of us is well not us but between the babies slash toddlers is that they were all pretty like low-key babies always kind of like we're happy when we were out and about and now they're full-on toddlers they all have moods and they're like they got their toddler moods and then also they've some of them, not all of them, have decided that food is not as exciting as it used to be. And it's interesting mm-hmm. seeing all of their babies kind of becoming more selective with what they're eating and having their own opinions. Yeah. So they're definitely opinionated little people now. And you know what? We well, yeah, get to too. see
1: like their attitudes, like the little sassiness and a lot of oh, them yeah. have. Like they all have their own little personalities now. It's it's pretty cool. It's fun.
0: They got they got toed. Mm-hmm. Henry yelled at the lady at Costco the other day because, you know, when you go up with the cart and the cart goes on one side and then you go on the other oh, side, he was yeah. sitting in the cart. And usually I take him out, but I was like, you know what? Let's see what he does. Like, I'm right here if I have to get him and he can see me. And it was both Jeff and I there with him. So we sent him on the other side of the till in the cart. He thought it was hilarious. He was smiling yeah. at us. And then when at the end, the cashier started putting stuff into the cart, he like, she was getting close to him, and he just, like, looked at her and was like, ah, like, screamed. I was like, sorry, he's in a little bit of a phase right now that if he doesn't like something, Stranger he just Stranger danger.
1: Just squeals yeah. I mean, and
0: screams at the top of his lungs, the way he was doing to Jordan when she, he yes. was playing with her car and she wanted to join. And, yeah, I was like, sorry.
1: They're finding their voices, I guess. I yeah. Don't
0: know. Yeah, she was okay with it. Yeah. So, yeah, tell us what's new. Anything new? Well. You yeah, got baby. I it. mean,
1: I have a child now. Mm-hmm. And it's very weird because I say things like the baby get together and I'm like, oh, wait, no, that's toddlers because I actually have another baby now. Like I need to shift my mindset and I don't react to her name yet. Like we were at the Mm. clinic and they called for Peyton, which is what we named her. And I just didn't react because I was like, well, it wasn't Jordan. And I was like, oh, no, Mm -hmm. Peyton, that's my other child now. Like it's just, it's, it's weird to me. And I haven't quite like, it hasn't quite clicked that we have two children now and- so, yeah, at the baby get-together, it didn't, cl- it didn't clue into me that I should bring the baby in for people to see the baby. Like, mm-hmm. I was just focused on, like, no, this is a me and Jordan thing. Like, yeah. not who cares about the baby, but I was like, this is me yeah. and Jordan. This is the thing we've been doing for over a year now, right? Like, so I just, I haven't quite, it hasn't quite, I guess, set in that. We are now a family of four, and we have an actual baby, an actual newborn, so. a real
0: live baby. Well, you haven't forgot the baby yeah. anywhere, so I think that is a mom win no. for sure. Yes. So yeah. speaking of mom wins, why don't you share your mom win of the week? What's something well, it's kind that of related you feel to the good?
1: topic of what we're going to talk about today? But I was very proud of myself because breastfeeding has been a journey, and this week we did weigh in a weigh in at public health. We got to go. Um, if you don't know public health around here, if you're local, you can just go and the scales, they are free to use. So if you want to do weigh-ins and check to see how things are going, it's free. So we went and did that just to get a little progress of how my breastfeeding has been going and I felt good going into it. And then I saw the number, I was like, oh, okay, that's not too bad. And then I did the math and I was like, crap, we're not in the ideal, like 20 to 30 grams a day average and instead of being super disappointed in that and like mad at myself for my body not working, I was just like, okay, you know what? We just have to improve from here. Like maybe she wasn't feeling good. So her stomach is upset. And like, you know, I was just like, nope, this is okay. I'm going to move forward. Like, what can I do now to move forward? But I didn't let myself kind of have the pity party and the like, this sucks. I'm quitting breastfeeding. I'm done with everything. And I was very proud of myself for that because I didn't rely on my past experience with Jordan to dictate how I reacted. And even my husband was proud of me. He said that I did better than he also thought that I was going to do yeah. with that news. Oh, that's great. And then two days yeah, later, she gained a ton of weight and all was well. So, you know.
0: Yeah. It just shows that their yeah. weight kind of ebbs and flows and you need the big picture. You but can't I didn't just, freak out in the moment. Yeah.
1: So yeah. And that's that great. Was, and you know, that's a win. That was huge for me. If I
0: yeah. had a prize, I would give it to you right now. Thank you. The, yeah. Uh,
1: what about you? What is your mom win of the week?
0: Mom win of the week. I was supposed to prepare one and I didn't. But I think that... I am going to give myself a high five and five stars or a gold star for um, just my approach to motherhood this week. It was my first week back at my, well, my first week at my new job and my first week working five days a week. And I did a really good job at kind of compartmentalizing work and home life and actually spending a lot of time with Henry and the hubby and actually enjoying it and being present, which is a big change because before I was either working and then I was just kind of in zombie mode. So I was actually able to be present and I like volunteered to go do daycare pickup and then he got kicked out of daycare. But other than that
1: For being sick. He didn't the do first anything. Day, yeah,
0: He didn't get kicked out. He was sick. Yeah, he was sick and got kick kicked out for having diarrhea, but then he ended up having a really bad cold and stayed home the rest of the week. But yeah, that's my win. I was that able is to actually big mom this week.
1: I know. And coming home from work and feeling good about family life is not easy. The fact that you're able to compartmentalize the two is two thumbs up.
0: It just shows that this job is a much better fit for me. That's where we're at Yay. with that. So let's talk boobies and breastfeeding. So let's talk about our topic today. We're going to talk about breastfeeding. We're going to share some tips on what helped us be successful. And they're kind of like not unusual, but they're different tips. They're not just like you need this and you need to hire this person. They're a little bit more, yeah, they're different. You'll have to listen. and Big then- picture. Yes. Yeah, big picture. Yes. And then Jen's going to share about her current breastfeeding journey with baby Peyton because it's quite different than it was with her first, Jordan.
1: If you want to hear about our first breastfeeding journeys, it's episode 12. You can listen to that. Maybe before you listen to this one, it might give you a better picture because we both struggled very differently, but we both really struggled. Mm-hmm. And I ended up formula feeding exclusively. Um, and Carly trekked through and she was able to exclusively breastfeed. So it was... But we both struggled in very different ways. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes too. to show the breastfeeding and feeding your child in general, like not even just breastfeeding, feeding your child is a lot. It's mentally taxing, physically taxing, like it's just, there's so much to it. And I actually told my husband this week, I was like, having major abdominal surgery is easier to me than feeding my child. Like mm-hmm. recovering from my C-section is the easy part. This whole figuring out a feeding, what's going to work for our family, Our family looks different than it did when we tried to do this with our first, which also comes into play. There's just so many different factors that I'm like, that's the hard part about this all. Like the actual... Healing from the C-section is nothing compared to this, in my opinion. It is very hard. I mean, it's
0: different for everybody. Some people have a breeze with breastfeeding. Some people don't. And we're here to remind you that it's okay if you're struggling. And just keep listening Mm because we got some hot tips. Now I have to figure out how to wean because I struggled to start breastfeeding for so long. And it took us probably four months to, like, really get the hang of it. And now he's just obsessed. So here we are. Anyways. (laughs) Let's hear about. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And here you are. You were, you thought you were going to wean. I don't even know. Mm -hmm. A month ago you talked about it on the podcast. Oh, more than that. It was like the summer. Yeah. And you were like, I "I am ready. I am ready to wean. mm -hmm. And now we're months later, we are here and you're still like, still tricking.
0: Well, I wanted to Mm -hmm. wean around the one year mark because it was starting to become like stressful and thinking about going back to work. And then it was hard going back to work and having to pump. So then I just cut out some of the pumps and then I stopped pumping. So some days I would breastfeed and some days I wouldn't. So even now, like, I don't know how much he's getting, but like he still really enjoys it. And we don't have like a breastfeeding schedule. He just feeds when he wants to. It's usually if we're out and about, he wants it for comfort. And then before dinner, it kind of seems to be his time. And now I don't Little even appetizers. mind. because. Yeah, little little snack. Now I don't even mind because yeah. it's not, like, something I have to do. It's just like, eh, you want – you know, it's different. Anyways, yeah. enough about my boobies. Let's talk about your boobies. Well, they so, are huge, let me tell yeah. you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I never experienced this with Jordan. Like, I'm just – I'm experiencing so many new things that I never experienced the first time, um, which is cool, I guess, because I've actually enjoyed it. I've enjoyed this stage, and I've enjoyed breastfeeding, which – I didn't think I ever would like I Mm -hmm. hated it the first time it was not good didn't get milk supply just couldn't couldn't work everything just it was not good I triple fed pumped way too much and I did it for way too long so going into this I had originally told I think Carly and a few other people that I wanted to give it a go but I was going to give myself a short time frame so every baby is different and so every baby you might be able to breastfeed, you might not be, like you might get a supply, you might get a big supply, oversupply. Like every baby is a new, I guess, a new chance to start over. Like you can't
0: you can't compare. You can't what? expect that if it was hard with the first, it would be hard with the second.
1: But like every chance, every new baby is a new like you restart your feeding yeah, journey. A, fresh start. a new opportunity uh, to Yeah, so yeah. I was trying to just be like, okay, it didn't work the first time. I'll give it a go for 2 weeks. So you never know what's going to happen. And I really wanted people to know that so that they could say like, hey, it's been two weeks. Don't do what you did last time and go down that rabbit hole of triple feeding and all of that. Mm -hmm. So I actually talked to a lactation consultant before I even had the baby. So I kind of had a bit of a game plan going into it. Um, And she agreed with me. Two weeks was a great time frame. Like really by then we're going to know if it's working or not. So. I had told her about that. And so she knew, especially for my mental health, like two weeks, like that's, that was, you know, a good time frame for us. And she was, you know, in the loop for this. So the Coles Notes versions of my feeding journey so far, because it's been a little bit, a little bit tricky, but as of right now, I'm exclusively breastfeeding. I guess I'll start off with things that I thought actually started off my journey really well, which was at the hospital. I... The nurse, actually, I was in the recovery from the C-section and probably within five minutes of getting there, the nurse was hand expressing for me. So I was still very out of it and very numb. But she's like, do you mind? I was like, no. And so she like just takes the boobs out and she gets a little bit of colostrum and was feeding it to uh, Peyton. And I was doing a skin to skin right away, even when I was recovering, like I was still pins and needles everywhere and like barely out of the recovery room and they were already helping me do this. So I thought that was a really good start again with Jordan. I didn't do any hand expression, any skin to skin, no attempt at feeding or anything for probably like six to eight hours because she went to the NICU and like no one suggested hand expression. I didn't really realize about it. Um, Yeah, just wasn't in my thought process. So this nurse was awesome and she was just like, let's go. And she was great. And I loved her for that. And in the hospital, feeding was okay, but she was very jaundiced. And so they didn't think she was getting enough because of the jaundice, so I actually did use donor milk when I was in the hospital and some formula. I should say I did both and I supplemented with that just to help because of the jaundice and in the end she did good. She didn't lose too much weight and we were able to go home after only like 36 hours-ish, so it was really nice. Once we were at home, her jaundice actually got worse. And really, I don't know much about jaundice, but my understanding now is that you need to just feed them a lot. Like they need to process Mm -hmm. out the bilirubin in their liver. So you need to feed them a lot. So I was breastfeeding like
0: three to five too. So that's when you were home.
1: Yeah. So it was when we got home that it peaked and, and it got yeah quite bad and so but she was so sleepy because of the jaundice that we were basically doing baby torture to keep her awake wet cloths and I was feeding all the time because she wasn't really eating at each feed so it felt like she was just on me for 24 hours and let me tell you I wanted to give up I was like I'm done like this is not I can't sustain this like this is not okay like I'm not hanging out with my other child because I literally have this baby on me all the time and how can you sustain that now when you have a toddler. Like I never thought that my other child was going to come into play in my breastfeeding journey, but it plays a huge part in it because I wanted to be able to spend time with them, have dinners together, still be able to hold and snuggle with her. And if I had the baby on the boob for 24 hours a day, and because I'm still not very good at it, it's a very hands-on experience. I can't just like latch her and then play with my other hand I'm not Mm -hmm. there yet so I basically was just not able to interact with her and so I was just in tears every day about that and I was like you know what this is not you know I was ready to give up and my husband was like okay but we said two weeks and I was like yeah no like we'll see how it's gonna go so I did end up triple feeding but only for a few days and then we wanted to see if my milk would come in so my milk didn't really improve my supply sorry I got milk but my supply didn't increase enough and we dealt with the jaundice it was getting better her blood test that we did for jaundice was good we didn't have to do the billy lights which was good so it was working whatever we were doing and we were triple feeding and supplementing with formula at that point after we saw the lactation consultant we decided in our talks of everything that I was going to try Domperidone Which we're not going to get into, I guess, kind of the... I think it's helpful because it's helped me and I know other Mm -hmm. people it's helped. But there's a bit of a controversy, I guess, depending on who you talk to, if taking this medication is safe to do. I feel like this could be a whole long tangent. Mm -hmm. But there are medications out there that you could take to try to increase your supply. What do they call it? It's a...
0: galactagog. It's not
1: marketed. No, it's it's not marketed.
0: It's off-label. Off-label.
1: Thank you. It's an off-label medication. So it's not marketed to increase your... um, Mm -hmm lactation, like to increase your supply just a side effect yeah it's a side Mm -hmm. effect of it so there's lots of
0: doctors who don't want to prescribe it and And I would just want to add in quickly there's a lot of misinformation out there as well I actually when Jen was telling me about it I was speaking to some people at work who this is their job particularly the LC that I work with a lactation consultant and she gave me like a few just like important things to know and the thing Mm -hmm. that she said is that if you don't see an increase within the first week or two then it's not going to work for you and to not keep going up on the dose. Some doctors will keep increasing the dose, but um, the recommendation is to keep it at uh, like a specific dose. I don't know what the actual number is. And that don't keep going up because that's not going to, if it's not working already, then it's not going to help you. If you keep increasing further and further and further, if you yep. haven't seen any change. And then also when you go off of it, regardless of your dose, you have to taper. Those are the main things was yes. that there's a lot of misinformation. Yes. It can work. If it's not working, then don't keep going up and up and up if you haven't seen any change and then taper. So that's the only tidbit.
1: Yeah, exactly. I just, you need to make an educated decision when you're going to go on it and talk to your doctors, talk to, I talked to the midwife, the doctor, the lactation consultant, they all were like, yes, let's try it. Um, And I talked to my husband about it too, because the risk there's, if you don't taper, there's a mental health concern. Mm -hmm. And because of my history with PTSD, I was like, does it bother? Like, I just wanted his input. Like, I didn't want him to be stressing about this and- but it's very normal. Like the SSRIs I'm on, I also can't just take cold, stock cold turkey. Yeah. So it's normal to me that you'd have to taper medication anyway. So I'm like, I'm not really concerned that I'm just going to stop taking it. Or, you know, that wasn't a big concern yeah. of mine. Through all of this, we decided to try the Dom Peridon, but we were only going to try it for, I think we decided three to five days because that was from my lactation consultant. Like you're going to see if it's working or not. It's not going to have its full effect, but you'll see an increase. So even if it's a slight increase, it means it's working. And I sure did. Like it was probably 48 to 72 hours that I was like, oh, I definitely have more milk. Like it was just crazy the change. Peyton was still cluster feeding. Like you still are doing everything the same and it doesn't actually give you more milk. It creates more prolactin, I think is what it is. You're Mm -hmm. a nurse. You'd know this more than me. But then when baby is feeding, your body actually is turning that prolactin into milk. So it doesn't mm-hmm. increase your milk supply. It increases the prolactin, which then by feeding and by.
0: Emptying the breast. Yeah. Breastfeeding
1: more and just like emptying your breast, then you're going to be producing more. So you can't just yeah. take it and expect it to increase. So. Yeah,
0: because at that point, it's still supply and demand. You have to empty your breast to then stimulate more milk production. So if you're not yeah. emptying your breast regularly, then you're not stimulating milk production as well. So it doesn't matter if you're taking it if you're not emptying your breast. That's what you're saying, right? Yes. Yep.
1: Yep. That is what I'm saying. Good old
0: supply and demand. (laughs) Yep. You got to empty to make, tell your body to make more.
1: So it really worked for me. And so the lactation came and we did a feed and the feed was, went beautifully. We didn't need to top up and things were going well. So she said, Hey, why don't you actually just try exclusively breastfeeding? And I just, I wanted to try, but I didn't think it was actually going to work. And I was like, you really think I should try? And she's like, go for it. Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? Like, give it 48 hours. We'll weigh her again and just see. Like, the worst, the worst thing is you top up or you have to pump or, you know, mm-hmm. like then we decide and we can pivot from there. Again, we're still, this is still in the first week. So we're still in my time frame. She's like, let's, let's go for it. So the first
0: week of taking I did Domperidone, that. right?
1: It was still in the first like week and maybe just over a week of after Peyton was born. Oh, after I started birth. taking okay. the Domperidone because it would have been in like within week two that I started exclusively breastfeeding and the weight was good. Like the numbers were looking really good. And so I just kind of was like, Hey, I'm going to continue on and just go see how it. things go. The only unfortunate thing that has happened now since this exclusive breastfeeding is we think that she has the same cow's milk protein allergy that Jordan has. Um, and that's based on just, yeah, her symptoms, her really mucousy poop. She's had diarrhea, um, just a lot of pain and gas and screaming and crying and colicky essentially, um, And so I've had to cut out dairy, but since cutting out dairy, she also hasn't screamed while passing gas and hasn't cried during bowel movements. And we've seen some improvement with the colicky symptoms and she's settling better. And so all in all, like, I don't know, we're three and a half weeks in and I'm now still exclusively breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. It's been, I think it's been, I did the math. I think it's been 10 days that I've been exclusively breastfeeding or something like that now, which I never thought I would get to. I know. But it's... I still give myself short time frames. Like I'm going to reevaluate in another week or another two weeks. Mm-hmm. Like I'm still not totally set that like, you know, this is going to work forever. This is going to be the next year of my life because I guess I have some trauma. It just triggers me from my last experience. So I don't want to set up these unrealistic goals and say I have to breastfeed for six months now. Like I'm just going to keep going if it doesn't work anymore for physical reasons, for family reasons, for you know, like our lifestyle, then I will pivot and I will change and I will do a combo of feeding or, you know, like then I'll pivot then. But for now, I'm going to just keep going and see, see what happens. It's hard. So like you said, it's sure it can be easy for some people. But I think in my experience from talking to a lot of moms that a lot of people have some sort of barrier Whether or not it's oversupply, undersupply, latch, tongue ties. Mm -hmm. Um, We didn't have a tongue tie this time. And I think that made a huge difference. Um, We were able, she was actually able to latch effectively right away. And I think that, that set us off on the right direction. Huge again. Like the key things I think were starting in the hospital right away with the hand expression, skin to skin, feeding, that she didn't have a tongue tie. We got a good latch right away. Like she naturally just could latch, which is very, very nice. Um, and then I had support and had people that were helping me along the way and then trying that. But, you know, most people have some sort of barrier they have to overcome. And that's just, it's really common. And if people are telling you it's easy, just ignore it's them. Because yeah, it's, it's
0: not.
1: It's, yeah. <laughs> it is not. Yeah. And <laughs> even if physically it's not bad, it can be mentally draining. So Because you're just being touched all the time. Mm-hmm. Like you can be touched out. Or you just don't enjoy it and then people feel bad for not enjoying this thing they're supposed to enjoy, that they're bonding with their child, but they actually hate it. And so then that mentally plays a picture. Like there's just so many different things that could be going on. So it's okay if you hate it. It's okay if breastfeeding didn't work. If you're trying it again, like it's...
0: It's very hard. And I want to say if your breastfeeding journey or feeding journey in general did not go the way that you planned, like first, I'm sorry. And that you also have to grieve it. Like it is a loss for some people, especially some people have dreamt about breastfeeding forever. Like some people are very attached to wanting to do it like for their own reasons. For some people, it's the like shame of it not working. For some people, it's just something that they really want to do for bonding and whatever your reason is. Well, one, don't feel shamed if it doesn't work. We'll get more into that later. But if it didn't go the way that you planned, like I'm sorry. And then I also want to say I've made a reel about this a while ago about why I don't actually like the saying fed is best. And I've said it before. And then when I really reflected on the meaning behind it, it really, it just like kind of made me sad. So both Jen and I feel very strongly that you feed your baby, however, works for you, however, works for your family, whether that's formula feeding by bottle, whether that's breast milk by bottle, by just feeding at the boob or a combination of all of that that is not at all why I don't like the saying. The reason I don't like the saying is because when you just kind of reduce it to like, oh, well, fed is best, just feed your baby. You're not acknowledging the like grief and loss that someone can feel when their breastfeeding journey doesn't go as planned. So by just saying, oh, well, like just feed your baby, like you're not really validating that this is like a difficult decision or a difficult journey for somebody it's almost like you're like minimizing it to well it's just food like it you know but it represents so much more than that and maybe some of the things we allow breastfeeding to represent we need to shift away from that because it doesn't represent whether you're like your ability to be a good mom or your ability to connect but some people really do deeply feel that so maybe that is something we shift away from, but I think we still need to acknowledge that if somebody's feeding journey doesn't go the way that they planned, by just saying fed is best as a way to support somebody, you might actually be invalidating their struggles and their grief. Does that make
1: sense? Totally. I I agree. My experience wholeheartedly impacted this experience. So my experience mm. with my first child did impact my experience that I've been having now Like negatively because it didn't go well and I didn't grieve it. I was just like, oh, I was always fine with whatever happened. Like fed is best. That's kind of what I always thought. And then this time I'm like, oh, this is affecting me now. Uh Like mentally it was really hard on me and it was triggering me. And even my lactation consultant was like, I can see this is triggering for you. Like Uh I think your experience with Jordan is really affecting you right now. And I was like, yes, it is. And it's because I never – I was just like, oh, she's fed. It's fine. Like it didn't work Uh out, whatever. Like – I was sad about it, but I didn't, I didn't grieve it at all. And then now it's, it's, it's coming up. The sentiment that people mean behind it is true. Like, however you can feed your child is good, but yes, I can understand. I totally get what you're saying.
0: The intention of that is not actually for some people how it's perceived. So I wrote Mm -hmm. a little note here of like, what would I say instead? And I think instead, something that you can say is like acknowledging that it was a loss and saying, I'm sorry, it didn't go as planned. And it's okay to be sad that breastfeeding didn't work out, whether like if they're pumping and they're sad that they're pumping, if they're sad that they're just bottle feeding and just acknowledging that it's something that was hard for them and giving them that like opportunity and space to be sad. And then also reminding them that like your worth as a mom is not correlated with how you feed your baby and you're doing a great job. Your baby's lucky to have you. And, you know, just reminding them that this doesn't mean they're a failure because at the end of the day, it's not, a mom that is failing breastfeeding. It's society failing moms who are trying to breastfeed. Moms take the burden of that guilt and we carry it. But really it's, it's our world. Like our world is not set up to support breastfeeding moms. And even Jen saying that her nurse was hand expressing for her is like so unheard of because Nurses usually have, don't have time for that. And it's so sad because we don't have time in our jobs to support moms with breastfeeding. And then moms go home and then they're the ones that are feeling upset that they weren't able to be successful, but it's not them. And research shows that stimulating your breast within the first hour has the greatest effect on your milk supply, the greatest impact on your milk supply for your entire journey. So your milk supply at six months is dictated by how much you were stimulated in that first hour. So this came up at work again the other day. And I'm like, well then why aren't we hand expressed? Like why aren't the patients hand expressing in, in um, recovery? And the lactation mm-hmm. consultant was like, well, It's the system. And so it just shows that your milk supply was drastically different. Even before you took the Mm Domperidone, you were still getting significantly more. And one of the main Mm -hmm. things you changed, like, yes, you latched early, but you hand expressed at that before that Mm -hmm. hour, ideally the second by hour two, and even um stimulating by 6 hours still makes an impact but that first hour is so important you were latching frequently in the beginning because Peyton mm-hmm. was able to i just so many moms struggle with breastfeeding especially when it's with supply and like it's not their fault because yes. and it's there's, the system
1: yeah there's yeah. two things that i want to add to this too because i read it recently on instagram and I thought it was a very interesting point. Like the world doesn't shame you if you need glasses. Like if your mm. eyes don't work perfectly and you need glasses, the world doesn't shame you for that. But if your milk supply doesn't come in and it isn't this like huge supply that can feed your baby, why are we shaming that? Like, yes, your body isn't doesn't always work the way it was meant to work. Yes, you have a baby and you your milk supply comes in and you feed your baby with that. Sure, that's kind of how our bodies are supposed to work, but our bodies never work as they're supposed to. Almost everyone has something in their body that doesn't work exactly how they planned or how it was designed and we don't shame them for all of these other things there's so many out there that never get shamed because of it glasses is just an Mm -hmm. easy one to give the example for so why are we shaming people for this if their breastfeeding Mm -hmm. journey doesn't work like it just it's it's sad to me that yes because it has to do with women having babies there's shame attached to it whereas if you know, breastfeeding had to do with something else, yeah, there wouldn't be shame. It, it oh, yeah. totally has to do with this... Because it has it's to be with women having yeah. babies. And that's yes. our role and that's it our is purpose. And
0: if we can't fulfill that, then we're failing as, you know, the perfect moms that we're supposed to be. And that, that's a whole other episode.
1: But <laughs> Yes. And I also wanted to touch on that your milk supply, there's genetic factors that come into play. And mm-hmm. I do have some of them. But you may just, your body just might not be designed and you might have a few things genetically going on to give you this great milk supply. And you no, know, my mom and sister both couldn't really breastfeed. Yeah. And so... I was like, huh, it makes sense that maybe I don't, but I never really looked Uh into why. And now, now I've looked into it a bit more and I was like, okay, it makes sense. We have a lot of hormonal diagnoses, diseases, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. But we have a lot going on, PCOS, endometriosis, a lot of those things can affect your milk
0: supply. And the main Um, thing there is it can affect the amount of glandular tissue you have in your breast. So size of mm -hmm. breasts doesn't actually um, have any correlation with milk supply. It has to do with the amount of glandular tissue you have in there. So not the fatty tissue, the actual glandular tissue, which Mm -hmm. increases when you're pregnant and with every pregnancy you actually grow more. And then that is what is affected by early and frequent stimulation. So part of it, is for sure a d- genetic link if your mom and sister both mm-hmm. struggled with breastfeeding and supply like there has to be a correlation yeah. there with with well, genetics all have
1: pcos and endometriosis. trips yes. like it, it yes. makes sense now knowing that yeah and
0: pcos is related to um or it's linked with hypoplasia meaning you don't have enough of the glandular tissue that grows so hypo meaning mm. less so those are yes. the people that when they take domperidone will not get any benefits like they won't have any changes in it because if there's no glandular mm-hmm. tissue you can't like doesn't matter what you take if you you
1: can't make that yeah. yes
0: if you don't got the glandular tissue you can't will your way into making mm-hmm. more breast milk it would be like a guy trying to lactate they mm-hmm. we should try that
1: <laughs> i mean and i did eat some of those lactation con- lactation yeah. <laughs> cookies that we got but he didn't get a milk supply guy so it didn't no. work Didn't.
0: you know why don't, he don't wasn't, try it i was actually he wasn't mad stimulating within that first hour
1: That's it. Do men have glandular tissue? I don't
0: think so. Okay. No.
1: So he was, he was doomed from the start.
0: Now I'm curious. I don't think they have any, like they have breast tissue, but I don't, and now I want to know men have glandular. (laughs) I'm just curious. Breast tissue. I mean, like maybe they have, no, no, no. Oh, it contains (laughs) no lobules. So they don't, they don't have the capacity to, yeah. What, let's actually, we talked about kind of like your experience with breastfeeding. We kind of went on a couple little good tangents there. Let's talk about what you actually need to be breastfeed- to be successful. So we have five tips. But before that, let's just list out some of the things that social media, society, in-laws, friends, people say that you absolutely need to be successful.
1: That you need the most expensive pump that there is and you need the most expensive wearable pump too. You don't need just oh, yeah. one pump. You need all the pumps cuz you need one that you can travel with, one you can have at home and they are expensive. Like mm-hmm.
0: And you have to put it on your I, registry and get it before you even know if you're going to breastfeed because that's mm-hmm. what society tells you you have to do. So yeah, yeah. hot tip. You don't need one on your registry because you might never use it. Another thing, fancy nursing clothes. I just wear yeah. t-shirts and like sure some of the ones with like the little holes and slits can be helpful, but I found just t-shirts that I could either like pull down or pull up. That was the most helpful for me. I just get naked so far.
1: <laughs> I'm just yeah. like everything... From pants, like waist up just comes off to breastfeed. And that's just the easiest thing. So in the beginning, you don't need to be spending all this money before baby's here buying all this stuff. Like see how it goes and see what's happening. Like that's, oh, all the extras, like the hackas, the ladybug, the manual pump. The like you just don't know what yeah. you're going you to need. Know. And the,
0: all of those There's things a lot of extras on Amazon. You can get mm-hmm. at Walmart or whatever your big box store is within, like you can get them all yes. within an hour. Like unless you live somewhere super rural, all of these things yeah. are things that you can get very easily and then i wouldn't spend all the money getting no because you don't know if you need it Then on that same note, like you don't need bottles just in case, like you don't need to have formula at home just in case. If you want to, and that makes you feel less stressed coming home, then yeah, for sure have that, but you don't need to, like I've seen people put on their registry, the like five pack of different bottles for like to test the different ones out. It's so expensive. It's like $70 or something outrageous. And yeah, Mm -hmm. maybe you will need that and you will have to try all these different bottles to see what your baby will take. But also, maybe they'll take the first bottle you give them. And then talking about bottles and pumps, you also don't need a freezer stash. So if you're Mm -hmm. going to be returning to work, you know, if you're not living in Canada and you're returning to work after a couple of weeks, or if you part of your plan is to be leaving the house frequently for whatever reason, then maybe you do. For long
1: periods of time, too. Yeah.
0: For most people, they don't actually need a freezer stash. Some people just end up having a freezer stash if they have an oversupply but if you're one of those people who thinks that at the end of the day you have to sit and pump to build a freezer supply you don't need that and like if you are exclusively breastfeeding there's a chance that your your baby at one point won't take bottles because it's a skill you have to give a bottle frequently for them to keep taking it after they lose their suck reflex so a lot of people feel this like deep urge to make to have a giant freezer stash and then they never actually get to use it, which is sad. Mm
1: -hmm. I know people that's happened (laughs) to. Another one is all of the breastfeeding pillows that are out there. There's a million of them and you don't eat I, all yeah, of them. they're expensive. They're not cheap. I bought one and never really ended up using it for my first. So I'm mm-hmm. using it now, which is great. Again, lots of these things are on Marketplace.
0: I had multiple that when mm-hmm. Henry came, I didn't actually like any of them. So then I went out and actually bought the the My Breast friend that we actually both have used mm-hmm. because that is the one that I wanted. So part of me was like, I should have just waited to see how breastfeeding was going, how big your baby is. Do you need it? And then get one after you know mm-hmm. actually kind of what's going on. Once you figure out what positions you actually like feeding in. But I do say that my breast friend for us, we both loved it because you can clip it and it just yes. seemed to be easier. And then finishing our note here of what society tells us we need, also nursing covers. Oh. Do you eat under a blanket? I don't. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know either why. and
1: I've never bought a nursing cover. Like I said, just off Everything's just coming off. Exactly. You come over, you're seeing boobs. That's just reality.
0: It's just part of the visit. And also they're just yeah. boobs. They're actually how your child's yeah. feeding. So they're, you know, not that exciting. Sorry. But I mean, yeah, yeah sure. Maybe if you were dancing on the table, okay. that'd be different. But if you're just feeding your child, it's just a snack. Yeah. And also, you don't actually have to cover your baby in public. Legally, we are protected by law that you can breastfeed anywhere. If you want to cover to just latch baby and that makes you more comfortable, then you you can do that. But you don't actually need a breastfeeding cover to do that. So now that we're talking about supplies, there are a few supplies that we actually really liked. And most of these actually aren't things that we even bought before baby. We kind of, they're things that came up after and we realized, hey, let's add this in. So why don't we quickly go through those?
1: Uh, A nursing station. Like having somewhere that you are set up in your house, that you have your phone charger, snacks, because you're going to be hangry. Um, mm-hmm. Water, entertainment, like your TV, your iPad, whatever, computer, phone, something. You know, you want to be able to sit there comfortably for probably half an hour. Oh, I so you need to have mm-hmm. these things kind of at the ready. Um, and included in that, it's a water bottle, a big yep. water bottle with a straw. So that it's easy to drink from while you're breastfeeding and it can hold a lot of water. So. You stay hydrated and you don't have to get up while you're breastfeeding to get more water. I had one
0: set up in multiple areas. I had one kind of, well, in our bed. Mm -hmm. So on our bedside table, I had all of these things. And then I also had one set up in the living room so that when you do sit down and you latch baby and you're feeding and then you're not like, ah crap, like I'm hungry or, oh, my phone's dying or I don't have headphones or an iPad or whatever. So set yourself up because you're going to spend a lot of time feeding we talked about we both liked the my breast fan pillow I actually got mine after mm-hmm. we had Henry because I didn't like the I other one too. that I had so that's not something you have to bring you don't you don't have to have that right away because you can just use regular pillows to figure out what position you like to feed in and then from there decide if you want to invest in a pillow and if you actually need one, mm-hmm.
1: we both liked the the Medela pump. So they recommend using a hospital crate, a hospital grade pump, if you have kind of any concerns with breastfeeding, like supply
0: issues. Yeah,
1: but you can rent them, which is the coolest thing. And lots Mm -hmm. of places actually have them. Um, I would just check to see like where locally has them just so you know. But I was able to just call one the day we got home and they had one in stock. And so then my husband went and got it. I didn't know that was a thing until having Mm -hmm. kids. I was like, oh, that's actually really cool that you can rent a pump.
0: And then even for buying them, unless you're buying the hospital grade one, which nobody buys them, you just rent them. Mm -hmm. If you are buying them, they're also something you can buy like same day. Like everywhere sells pumps, like London Drugs, Walmart, any big... Pharmacy, buy, they shop sell them. Best Buy, yeah, Amazon. Yeah. And the thing with a pump that if you are pumping for supply, like for stimulation, you want a double electric pump that plugs into the wall, and that will give you like the most stimulation. There's lots out there. And then, oh, this is one that I had actually oh. that Jen laughed at me for, and now that she's nursing Peyton, she's realized this is actually important. I had a pillow in the back seat of my car. Because like we talked about, this world is not set up to support breastfeeding parents. And there's been many times that we were out and about and I had to feed Henry in the car because he needed quiet and he didn't nurse well in really busy places. So as much as like I didn't care about nursing in public, it was that he needed the quiet. So now Jen has had a few moments where she's like, I wish I had a pillow. So a pillow in your back seat. I laughed at Carly. I laughed at
1: this. And now I'm like, genius. This was genius. Mm -hmm. I was using like jackets we had and try to stack those. Because in the beginning, when they don't have their neck strength, you really have to support them. And I'm still like, hand massaging yeah. while she's feeding a lot of the times because we're still new in this journey. So it requires a lot of work and effort. And so we're just not there that we can easily just pop on and yeah. sit there without any support. We're not there. Genius to have a pillow in the car. Try it out. Yeah.
0: Because you also in a car, if you're in the back seat, you can't lean back at all. And depending mm-hmm. on the size of your car, usually the front seat's pretty small. And if you can't lean back, it is just nice having a little pillow. So that's it, my hot tip. Yeah, and snacks I take and a water bottle my in your car. Yeah, yeah, I use it a lot. I take back all the lefts.
1: So here's what we have from both of our experiences found to actually make a successful feeding journey. Like we said in the beginning, they might be a bit different. They're not your usual These are hot yeah, tips from
0: moms who have struggled and also yes. moms who have struggled with mental health. There's, like Jen said, this yes. isn't really like stuff, but the focus of these tips are on education, mindset, support. We have five, like we've broken it down into five different sections. And this is like what has worked for us. And this is if anybody asked me, hey, I want to breastfeed, what are your best tips? This is actually what I would say. Totally. This
1: first one one, I never would have thought of, never would have. And I actually think it's one of the biggest game changers if you want to breastfeed. And it is prenatal breastfeeding education. Actually, learning about it and looking into it. And there's courses that you can do out there. There's classes that you can do. And actually knowing and learning about how it's going to go. I think that that is the biggest game changer. That's the biggest. Yeah. That's
0: the thing I see the most in the hospital when people come in and postpartum they don't understand how. And no fault of their of their own. Like we don't normalize breastfeeding enough in society. We don't just do it around people. We don't talk about it a lot. So people don't understand normal newborn behaviors. So sleeping long stretches, sleeping through the night, like that is not a normal newborn behavior. We don't understand the importance of early stimulation. Like Jen was talking about, she was hand expressing with, well, her nurse was hand expressing for her amazing in the first hour. And that skin
1: to skin. Yes. Skin to skin. And that milk production is on demand.
0: Yes. It's a supply and demand. If you're not emptying your breasts, then you're not signaling to your body to make more. And then part of this plan, when you do the education, you can learn about what do I need to do if I'm separated from baby? hint, stimulation. And then when is topping up? So giving either bottles of breast milk of like donor milk, your own breast milk, you have extra of or formula, like when is topping up actually medically indicated? And when is it necessary? So there are times Mm -hmm. that it actually is really important. But also going back to understanding normal newborn behaviors, your baby cluster feeding is not a sign that they need more. They're helping to try to bring your milk in. And a lot of parents interpret this as them not getting enough. Same with like crying. People think that baby crying means, oh, they have to be hungry. Like babies cry for so many reasons. Maybe their big toe is itchy and they don't know how to tell you that, you know? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that just goes into like learning about breastfeeding, either through a course, asking your friends who've breastfed, asking to watch them breastfeed, asking them, you know, like the stuff that like Mm -hmm. when we think of other cultures and other countries that normalize breastfeeding and breastfeed in front of others – the imagine having a baby when you've seen every family member every friend breastfeed they've talked about it you you know be whole, yeah, whole it's other not the
1: world. this taboo topic mm-hmm. exactly
0: yeah. and then also on that is being comfortable with your own body and handling your own breasts so actually touching yes. your breasts learning about your nipples what do they look like how to hand express if you can if you're cleared by your provider starting to hand express at 37 weeks mm-hmm. and practicing yep. touching them because the hardest thing when you have this baby which if you've never had a baby like handling a newborn is so scary and then you're also trying Mm -hmm. to figure out how to touch your own body and do those two things together like it's like juggling while you're on stilts like that's impossible and that's what breastfeeding is like in the beginning and knowing that
1: it it might your your nipples also might be sore and Mm -hmm. you like knowing also what things to look for for Mastitis, clogged ducts, or cracked nickel, nipples. If you end up bleeding, like these things can happen, and these things do come up. What are they? What should you do um, to actually know and have a little bit of knowledge going into it? Is
0: so important. Yes, it's
1: going to night and day. It'll change your experience. And I, sure. the first time, didn't do enough of this. That's number one. So number two. prenatal education. Mm-hmm. I would say leave the nursery and focus on this. Like the yes. nursery, you don't need right away. The bassinet mm-hmm. in the bedroom, cool. You don't need need your painted nursery with all your fun things on the walls. If you have time, great. But if you have time, do prenatal breastfeeding education (laughs) and sleep and know about what is normal for a newborn in these first few months because it is wild, I tell you.
0: And if you're breastfeeding and you have a friend having a baby, you can – like, I've never really thought of this, but, like, you can say, hey, do you ever – if you have questions or you want to watch breastfeeding or anything, like, let's make it normal. Let's just Mm – start let's just start a parade we'll all just be breastfeeding and if you're not breastfeeding you can just have your tits out and we'll just yeah yeah, yeah. it's gonna be great i (laughs) laughed
1: honestly i laughed so much about carly's boobs being out all the time and like answering the door with boobs out but yeah. now that i'm boobs <laughs> out all the time i'm like you get it i get it i'm yes. be that person i'm the naked neighbor now because
0: you're the honestly naked neighbor. when you're
1: breastfeeding it's just easier and like it also you you're just so used often, to it yes that you don't notice you forget your boobs are out because yeah. they're just out all the time now totally i never understood this it's also new to me this time it's mind blowing
0: it's like if you never yeah. have your top off like a little gust of wind you realize oh I'm naked. But when your boobs are always out, like a little (laughs) gust of wind is just normal. So you don't even realize that like you're naked. So
1: yes, going back to education, there's lots of things that have to do with latching and how to latch Mm, your baby. And knowing that before you actually have the baby born is important. I find it very interesting to know, and maybe this is getting into too much detail, but like, there's easy signs to see on your nipples if the latch Mm -hmm. was okay or not. And like, if you're getting if you're bleeding, and you're getting like, different shapes. They mean different things and it can help you kind of figure out a better latch and position. You
0: mean like the shape of the nipple when baby comes off, right? Yeah.
1: When baby comes off. Yes. Knowing some of these things ahead of time and knowing what to look for is super helpful.
0: And then also on that too, if you are have breastfed but the last time you breastfed was a toddler reviewing latching a newborn because it's so different people will come in and they mm-hmm. just like whip their boob out and expect their baby to find it and then you have to remind them like oh but you're breastfeeding that baby like a toddler like you it's different yeah. so you have to like retrain your brain to go back to breastfeed mm-hmm. the tiniest baby so that's another one too so let's get back to number two support in those first yes. few weeks so this can be from a health professional we both worked with midwives and lactation consultants. Public health Mm -hmm. nurses, depending on where you work or where you live, can also help you. Can also be, like, peer Mm -hmm. support. Like I said, mom friends who have breastfed, like, they are Mm -hmm. a wealth of knowledge in the basics. So, like, obviously, if you have a complex case, you need somebody else. But most breastfeeding challenges just need support and encouragement so that brings me to the third kind Mm -hmm. of support just moral support so breastfeeding is Mm -hmm. such a mental battle and just having Mm -hmm. somebody to remind you like yes this is hard like you're learning baby is learning and Mm -hmm. you're you struggling doesn't mean you're a bad mom and just having somebody remind you that because as Jen can share like the Mental battle is the hardest part for so many of us.
1: And even my lactation consultant, she said that she sees a lot of patients and a lot of them are actually doing really well. And she'll be like, I don't know why you needed to see Mm -hmm. me. And a lot of it, she's like, it's almost like I'm a counselor. Like it comes up so often, the mindset and how to be positive. And they need someone to be watching them, telling them it's working and it looks good so that they can be like, okay, I'm doing the right thing. Like a lot of people just need someone that's cheering them on, telling them they're doing a good job, like... Saying, yep, your baby is latched and getting milk. Like, they need those reassurances. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really interesting to me. She's like, yeah, there's people that, you know, need help yeah. and their latches and tongue ties and supply. And, you know, I really needed a lactation consultant to help me. But I also need her to just cheer me on and tell the me it's support, working. Yeah. And I'm still going to sure. see her this week, even though it's going okay, because I still need the support The her. reassurance, yeah. Um,
0: for yeah. sure. And it's hard because those first few weeks of breastfeeding, no matter how easy your journey is, they're still so hard and there's so much doubt. Mm-hmm. And you're still yeah. like, you don't know if what you're doing is right because every baby's so different and there's no right or wrong way. And well, I mean, there are wrong ways. There's no, like every baby is different and how you're doing it yes. is different than somebody else, how they're doing it. And that is hard. So You just need somebody to remind you, like, yes, those first few weeks are going to be so hard, but then it does get easier. You just need someone cheering for you. Totally. You need
1: someone in your corner.
0: So let's chat number Uh, three. You take this one, Jen. Number three
1: is the mindset shifts. Mm -hmm. And for me, this was huge because I went in and I really wanted to try exclusively breastfeeding, but I really had to make sure I told myself beforehand, like, okay, okay. I am going to try this. If this doesn't work, there are other options. It doesn't mean I'm a failure. I can mm-hmm. do, there's combo feeding. I could do breastfeeding and bottle feeding. And actually Carly had to remind me this, of this a few times already that mm-hmm. like, hey, you don't <laughs> need to do it all. You don't need to be the hero mm-hmm. that only breastfeeds. And, and even my lactation consultant said the same thing. She's like, Maybe now that you've done it for a couple days and, like, here, gold star, you exclusively breastfed. She's like, you might hate it and not want to do it. And then all of those Mm -hmm. thoughts I had of, like, I need to do this all just would crumble away. And she's like, a lot of people get too, yeah, in their mind that I have to breastfeed it. I have to do this one way.
0: Another big mindset shift that's important is people become, like Jen said, fixated on like being the hero and just exclusively breastfeeding. And they feel Mm -hmm. like it's like this badge of honor if they can do that. Like you're not a better mom if you can. Yeah, sure. If that's your goal, that's great if you can meet that. But that doesn't mean that you're like in air quotes better. And you're not weak, Mm -hmm. like Jen said, if you have to change your feeding plan. But an important thing with mindset as well is that People tell us that if you want to breastfeed, you can't use a soother, you can't use a bottle, you can't formula feed, you have to co-sleep. Mm-hmm. And changing our mindset that if those things are going to make our lives so much easier and also in the long run help us actually breastfeed if that's what we want, then yes, add them. One of the only mm-hmm. reasons that we were able to eventually latch and exclusive, like, exclusively feed from the breast instead of pumping and bottle feeding was using soothers because- Henry was such a sucker, like a sucker. He loved to suck and he needed that. And if Mm -hmm. we didn't use a soother, I don't think I would have been able to breastfeed because I, it was such a tool that I needed. But people told me if Mm -hmm. you want to breastfeed, you can't use a soother. So just changing your mindset. Yes. Changing that mindset. Like what is actually going to happen if this, if I do that. So that brings us into number four. And Jen's going to continue on what she was saying is evaluation. So yes,
1: (laughs) is evaluation that you know, that you might need to change your plans and that that Mm -hmm. is okay, right? That's a big mindset thing. Like, this is my goal, but if that doesn't work out, I can pivot, I can change. And my biggest piece of advice here for this evaluation is to have short little time frames that you are Mm -hmm. reevaluating in. Don't give yourself the, I need to breastfeed for X amount of months, and then I will see how it's going, then I'll do a mental check-in. Well, no, that's way too long. Like, you need to be doing these check-ins to see how things are going. And that includes physically and mentally relationships. Like how is it working in your family? I checked in with my husband and I was like, how are you okay? Like, yes, I'm exclusively breastfeeding now. He was big into wanting to switch to formula because of my mental health and because of Mm -hmm. how it went last time. He didn't want to go through that again. And so We I checked in with him and I said, how are you doing? Like, okay, we're at the, we hit the two week mark. This is where we're at now. Let's continue. Let's not. And he, of course, gives me his opinion and always says, it's your body, your choice. Mm -hmm. And he's very like, it's me. So he's like, you, like, I can make this decision. But I like to get his input too when I'm evaluating and checking in with kind of like impartial people in your life. Mm -hmm. Whether, like Carly said, that's your healthcare provider, which is good, um, a close friend, a spouse, someone that can be impartial and to see you and how you are doing to tell you if it's, if it's actually doing okay or not. Mm -hmm. Because I think that so many moms will just bypass their own feelings and their own needs to just be like no I have to do this and they'll basically drive themselves into the ground feeding their child and they will be there'll be nothing left of them. They will be mm-hmm. mentally and mentally and physically just done and that they think they have to do that. But let me tell you like killing yourself to feed your child is not actually good. Like that's no. not a good uh-huh. place to be in because you might resent your child. You uh-huh. may forget about the rest of your family and resent your other children and not be able to see them. Like you you could create a terrible um connection with your child because you hate when they are touching you like it can get bad yeah why would you do that to yourself like it, mm-hmm. you just need to reevaluate and you need because to check in is best hey.
0: sorry <laughs> that's a <Yeah>. joke clearly
1: <laughs> well i had a nice old white doctor tell me that a few weeks ago and i was like cool thank oh, you i know that already
0: Ugh, so but it's not, not happy yeah <laughs> Poo on them. Yes. And like you said, like evaluating is so important. Like, is this actually working? Like, if yes. I continue breastfeeding, is this what is best for the connection and bonding between me and my baby? Like, is mm-hmm. breastfeeding helping Resentment or is a thing. My connection. Oh, 100 mm-hmm. percent And then also like what's best for your family, like you said, and like your own mental health. The mom has to consider, like, if I continue breastfeeding, is that going to be better or worse for my mental health? Because in some cases, yeah, sure. Maybe you just need a little bit more support. A couple more, you know, maybe some tweaks and then to help you kind of get over that hump. But in some cases, like, no, you just need to stop or change the plan. Maybe you add in bottles, maybe you add in pumping. It doesn't have to be like breastfeed or not breastfeed. There also is this huge area in between of mixed feeding. Honestly,
1: with Jordan, I could not see. I could not see clearly Mm -hmm. at all. And I needed someone to tell me stop yeah. triple feeding and I didn't yeah. get that. And this time I feel a lot more clarity around it and around the evaluation, but it's because I went in with this plan of I'm going to reevaluate. I'm gonna do the mm-hmm. two weeks. I'm gonna see, okay, after two weeks, I said I'm giving it to Wednesday and then I'll see on Wednesday then we'll reevaluate. And I, you know, had these plans. I had support persons set up that knew about the plans and kind of had this in place before the baby was even here. And I think that helped me to remain a bit more like mentally clear about, mm-hmm. is this working or not? Yeah. Um. So again, and it's that prep work before baby's even here that comes into sure. play. That's super important.
0: Yeah. And your evaluation isn't. Like I said, it's not whether or not you're going to stop breastfeeding. It's whether or not Mm -hmm. this is working and if it is not working, like if it's not working, what can I change to make it work better for me? And that's not always just stopping breastfeeding. Like there's such a in-between area of what other things that you can do and other tools you can add in. And yeah, yeah, the frequent evaluation, that's important. And that brings us to number five. So this is an exit strategy and a plan, like a long-term plan of – how to maintain your sanity while also breastfeeding. So Jen shared that with her first, <laughs> yes. yes, that she was triple feeding and doing that for way too long. So if there's something, so if you're struggling with breastfeeding and you have to add in some kind of tool to help help you get there. So whether that's triple feeding, whether that's pumping exclusively and bottle feeding, whether that's trying something like a medication. There's other things you can do where you like room in and like stay in bed with baby for an entire 24-hour period. I can't remember the name of it, but that is a tool to help with breastfeeding as well when baby's quite it's young. Like power you li-
1: pumping hours and yeah, like, power yeah, there's power pumps of different things.
0: There's different yeah. approaches. Like there's ones for supply, there's ones for latching. So the one of mm-hmm. like staying in bed for 24 hours, like for some people, that sounds like a dream. Some people sounds like a nightmare. But anyways, whatever your tactic, whatever your tool is, like you need a plan, like how long am I going to do this? When am I going to reevaluate? And if this is not working, like at what point am I going to decide that I need to stop? So this one kind of yes. is like segues from evaluation, but also knowing that yes. like you do need to have like an exit, strat- exit strategy if it's not working for you.
1: Knowing kind of what options that you are open to. Mm-hmm. And with my first, I didn't use Domperidone and I knew going into it that I was going to be more open to it this time if it came mm-hmm. to that. And it did. And I already kind of knew in my head, I think I'll give it a try this time. But again... I had a time frame that I was going to try it for and I knew, hey, if it didn't get better in X amount of days, then I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And then I'm going to change to this. I'm going to stop yep. taking the medication. Like, right, you have these plans. So knowing ahead of time kind of what you're willing to do or try mm-hmm. and for really how long is important.
0: For sure. And like maybe that means you're only going to breastfeed at nighttime or during the day and then you'll use bottles the other time. Maybe that means you're going to source out like a peer source of breast milk, like a peer donated breast milk from somebody you know or somebody that you find online. Like maybe you. You know, like yeah. there's in betweens. It's not just like either you breastfeed from the breast or you only give bottles of formula. Like there's an in between and there's so many other options in there. But it's all
1: that gray area,
0: it's made gray, out to be black yeah. or white
1: and it is actually so gray. In reality, so most gray. people are in that gray area. For it's sure. very, there's not a ton that are in the
0: no black or no. white. Very few. Very few. And um, also, another thing we didn't mention with mindset shift is reminding yourself and maybe people in your support group that breastfeeding is not free. So maybe yes, it, you don't have to purchase big, yeah. breastfeeding, but they're one, it's not free. If you're considering the mom's mental health and well-being. it's also not mm-hmm. free. If you consider the like time, like mom's time that they're doing, that they're breastfeeding. And then also like the extra food and clothes and extra additional things that moms need. Well, so I'm not, you don't all need supplies but if there are things that you need and if you're pumping like that costs money Mm -hmm. so breastfeeding is absolutely not free when we consider mom's mental health when we consider their time and when we also consider the extra things that you need for breastfeeding so that's another big thing to consider that if you don't want to switch to breastfeeding or switch to formula just because it costs money like you are worth whatever that cost is and like Sure. It is expensive. Yes. It's a it's an extra burden if you are already struggling financially, which most people of childbearing age these days are. But just mm-hmm. knowing that like your mental health is worth so much more.
1: It would be actually interesting to see if you calculated all of the actual supplies you needed to breastfeed mm-hmm. because even if you rent a pump, you still need to purchase the kits to yeah. go with them um, that you're going to bottle, you're going to have to pump into bottles. So you still mm-hmm. do need some bottles, the bags that you're going to store it in. Cause people do get it in their head. They need this freezer supply in those yeah. bags. Like those aren't cheap to get that. You're going to get the nipple cream. You're going to get the colostrum collectors. You're going to get like, yeah. I'd be curious to see how much it mm-hmm. actually all adds up to, because there's a ton of stuff, all of these extras, the hackas, the, you know, the mm-hmm. people end up buying to those breastfeed. So it's not, it isn't need- free. No, if you actually look sure. at it, like just logistically financially anyways, either yeah
0: for so sure. mentally
1: and financially, like it's not free
0: i hope that like if breastfeeding is your goal and that is something that you want that like I really hope that you are able to because it is so beautiful and wonderful when it's going well and it's so awful and devastating when it's not going well and I've been on both ends of that so I hope that you can take like some of those five tips and use that to help make your breastfeeding journey or your feeding journey go however you want.
1: It's not to say that if it's hard you can't keep pushing and you can't keep trying new things so we're not saying if it's hard and you're having hard days to give up Either um, to just give it all up in formula feed. Yeah. That's how I feel. Because you will have days. hard days. You will have hard. It is going to be mm-hmm. hard and it is going to be just what you're going to have those moments of, I should just formulas, bottles going to be easier. Like, I can't do this. And it is okay to keep pushing yourself. It's just. There needs to be a limit to how far you're mm. going to do that. So just please yep. don't think we're saying if, if it it's ever hard, gets hard, up. just stop Mm-mm. because it's going to be hard.
0: There's challenges yes. when they're newborns and trying to latch them when they're sleepy and you're learning how to latch. Then there's yep. challenges when they start taking in the world around them and all they want to do is look around and they don't want to feed. Then there's challenges when they get teeth and they start biting. And then there's challenges when they're teething and they don't want to nurse or they only want to nurse. Like there's challenges the whole time. And breastfeeding is, can be very difficult. And yeah, we're definitely not saying if it's hard, give up because it will be hard, but it does get easier and you do actually get to enjoy it. Hopefully at some point, if you're not enjoying it, then go back. Evaluate, reevaluate.
1: Yep, exit plan, No, know, know what you'd go to next.
0: Um, we're going to lose Jen here. She's She's got a bounce. She's got a, a baby who needs her, needs, needs her boobies. So I just wanted to wrap up some reminders that we wrote out here. It's okay to struggle. Like, it's okay if it's hard. Breastfeeding may be natural, but it doesn't always come naturally. And it's, there's a huge learning curve for mom and baby. And then also you're not weak if breastfeeding is hard. That, like we said, it's hard. And your ability to breastfeed does not correlate with your ability to be a good mom. And I think a lot of us moms carry that, that if we're not able to breastfeed or if it's not easy for us, then it means that we're not like cut out to do this or we're not made to do this. That is absolutely not true. Back to that first point of it being hard and it's okay to struggle. Like it's okay to keep pushing through when it's hard. And it's also okay to stop if it's hard and it's not working for you. So pretty much all we're saying is like, you do you, boo. We hope that your breastfeeding or your feeding journey goes how you want it to. And I'm sorry if it doesn't. If you're struggling in your journey, just remember that like any amount of breast milk that you're giving is great. And you should celebrate that, whether they're getting a few drops that you hand express every day or you're breastfeeding exclusively. If you're not giving any breast milk, like that's okay too. Like your love is the most important thing. Anyways, you're doing a great job. We're going to end it there. Jen is off tending to the baby and we're going to pick up again next week. So happy mom day. Thanks for tuning in and yeah, have a lovely day.